What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Indeed, and today's word of the day is mobile moments. I'm going to tell you some great facts. According to Mary Meeker's 2012 Annual Internet Trends Report, if you don't know about it, you should find it online. Here's some facts. 2.3 billion people are globally connected by the Internet. Okay, deal with that one. Here's another fact. Almost 3% of all U.S. adults own a tablet. If you don't know what that is or a phablet, figure it out. We'll tell you more. And fact number three, mobile is the source of 8% of all e-commerce. Well, if you're in business, and we know our audience listening on the Business Channel, you are in business, these trends can mean one of two things for you, opportunity or catastrophe. I know that's a very scary word. Which one will it be? I have four experts who are going to help you figure it out. Let me tell you a little bit about important quotes they've sent me, and then we're going to meet them in just about two minutes. Cheryl Kingstone is back on the show, and she says, change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Sound familiar, guys? Well, John F. Kennedy, 35th U.S. President, said that. Thanks for the great quote, Cheryl. Blake McLaughlin is joining us today, and he says, many is a word that only leaves you guessing, and Blake has left me guessing. When we meet him in about a minute, we will find out exactly what he meant. If that sounds familiar, Led Zeppelin over the hills and far away. Matthew Schwartz is with us today also, and he says, one person with a belief is equal to a force of 99 who have only interests. And that's a quote from John Stuart Mill. I think this is the famous quote show today. And Eric Lai is joining us, and he has his own quote. Eric says, retailers deploying app-enabled iPads can boost their sales by 15 to 20%. How do I know this? I recently interviewed a restaurateur who is deploying 7,000 iPads and has already seen this effect firsthand. That's from Eric Lai. My panel is amazing today. They have so much to share on Mobile Moments. So join us for Mobile Moments, Opportunity or a Catastrophe for Your Business. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I want to remind you, Wednesdays on the Business Channel, we're here with Coffee Break with Game Changers every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific. And if you want to get a free official SAP Game Changer mug and they are so beautiful everybody's thanking me for them go to sapgamechangersradio.com one word sapgamechangersradio.com so now let's meet my special guest first welcome our our other female voice on the show today. Cheryl Kingstone is the director of Yankee Group's Enterprise Research Group, and she's a well-known industry analyst in the mobility and CRM markets. Believing, Unbelievably, Cheryl has over 18 years of experience in the high-tech market. Delighted to have you back. How have you been, Cheryl? I have been great. It's welcome to be here with this wonderful topic. Wonderful, terrific. I know you have a lot to say, great experience, and a great POV. Anybody who doesn't know that by now hasn't listened to me. Let's welcome my second guest. Blake McLaughlin is an associate partner at IBM GBS SAP Practice, SAP Mobility Lead. Blake is a consulting associate partner with deep experience in all phases of global SAP deployments. Welcome, Blake McLaughlin. Thank you, Bonnie, for having me. Pleasure. Glad you're on board. And Matthew Schwartz, I have to tell everybody, Matthew was calling from, I think it's the Delta Lounge at JFK Airport, and he's the first one to ever use the phone and do live radio from where, Matthew? Matthew, do we have you live? Matthew is currently an IBM global partner running North American SAP GBS sales and global demand generation programs, and that's one of the largest business lines within IBM GBS. Matthew, are you here with me? I'm here, and I'm defining a mobile moment by making this call from a shower room. From a shower room. You are some trooper, Matthew. I really appreciate the sacrifice here. You're making history. That's more important. And Eric Lai is with us. Eric is a long-time, was a long-time tech reporter and editor, most recently at Computer World, before joining Sybase SAP in 2010. Eric edited and co-wrote the Mobility Manifesto. Welcome, Eric Lai. How are you today? Very well. Thanks, buddy. Good. Glad we have you. So I want everybody to say hello all together so I know you're all here. Cheryl, Blake, Matthew, and Eric, everybody say hello, SAP Radio. 
Hello. Hello, Radio. It's a party. I feel better now. Okay, I'm going to go back into the quotes. Let's take a deep dive and talk about what you meant when you send me these quotes. I've never had so many famous quotes sent by my guest. Cheryl, you quoted JFK, John F. Kennedy, 35th U.S. President. Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. Why does that apply to mobile moments, Cheryl? Well, if you really think about it, mobility has really changed everything. I mean, it, it's as big of a change as the Internet had to connect the world, but now we're actually extending that to real time and any time. And if you really just think about it, a couple of years ago, we didn't even have the tablets. We didn't have the iPhone. It used to be Nokia was on the top, and now they're, they're down below. And change happens dramatically, and especially in the mobile world. So that's why I really see it as something to understand and embrace, because it is the future, and you have to work for it. Thank you very much. Great, great tie into today's topic. Blake McLaughlin, many is a word that only leaves you guessing from Led Zeppelin. I have no clue. Tie that into mobile moments for me, Blake. You really stumped, you stumped the host on that one. Well, uh, that was just a quote I really like, um, it, but it, and it probably applies to many different things. But the way I look at it is mobility uh, has a lot of uh, many challenges, many moving parts, and I think what's what's happened in the market is it leads or it leads to people to a lot of guesswork and a lot of uh, paralysis through analysis. And I think you know what we're facing is a need to help. Uh, organizations move forward, put a stake in the ground, and, and uh, kind of claim those uh, mobile moments and, and make them a reality. Okay, thank you for that. Good tie-in, fast on your feet there. Matthew Schwartz calling from the shower room at Delta at JFK. You say, well, I'll never, I'll never forget this one, Matthew, never. One person with a belief is equal to a force of 99 who have only interest. So we are juxtaposing belief, meaning a strong conviction, I'm assuming, to 99 who say, eh. So that's John Stewart Mill. Tell me about that quote. Well, I mean, just the way you look at it, we don't know what we want until it's sitting in front of us. So if it wasn't for the thoughts and, and, and challenges that approach Steve Jobs to come up with the iPhone, and he had a belief, and uh, we didn't know we had an interest, but now we can't find a single person, single organization, single client globally who doesn't want to do work on a daily basis with a mobile device. Okay, thank you very much, and let's move to Eric Lai. And Eric, you were the only one who didn't send me a famous quote, line, whatever, from somebody who's well-known, but you sent it from Eric Lai, and you are well-known. So let's talk about the retailers you know who are boosting sales by what, Eric? 20% using app-enabled iPads. Tell me about this restaurateur. Can you, can you give us a name? Yeah, the, the company is called OTG Management. They manage uh, airport restaurants in LaGuardia Airport, in uh, Toronto, and Minneapolis-St. Paul. And uh, what they've done is they've rolled out iPads to um, in the seating areas and also in the restaurants themselves. This gives uh, kind of the harried business traveler the opportunity to kind of browse and, you know, order their meals in advance without having to wait for a waitress. And they can they can order these meals right really close to the gate so that they don't have any fear. You know, a lot of times when you're traveling, you're a little bit afraid that you're going to miss your flight or mm-hmm. miss an update. You can order these meals uh, standing right next to the gate or sitting right next to the gate. And you can pay at your own convenience. So you don't have to worry about that either. And, you know, swipe with the credit card. And the, the, the reason I emphasize the 15 to 20% revenue boost is that, you know, there's a lot of doubt right now, I think, about the ROI of deploying mobility. And this is a good, very good example of a company that is making real money and boosting their revenue, their top line, uh, with mobility. Thank you very much, Eric. You know what? You've taken us to our break. It's been an interesting first segment. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. We've got Cheryl Kingstone, Blake McLaughlin, Matthew Schwartz, and Eric Lai. We've got a lot more. We're going to talk about mobility adoption. Who is using those iPads? Who is using mobility? What about corporate policy? Are they lagging? Are they embracing? What's the corporate culture when it comes to mobile moments? We have a lot more when we come back right after the break. Justin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we are in the cloud. Those of you who are wondering, our head is not in the cloud. Our minds are in the cloud. We're talking about mobile moments today. What is happening with apps inside companies, outside companies? What's happening? I'm going to ask my guest, Cheryl Kingstone, to kick this off. Types of mobile apps businesses are using for their employees today versus business apps for their customers. Is there a great divide here, Cheryl, or is it really the same damn thing? Well, there is a great divide. It's it's not like one is better than the other. They just have totally different points of view. So your employee applications are really, it depends on the industry. Your employee applications a lot of times is like a mobile CRM application where when you're talking about your customers, you have to understand what are they trying to do. And a great example is what Eric was mentioning with the restaurant. I'm looking at a lot of mobile, um, what I would say, transactions around the customer lifecycle from the consumer standpoint. It has to do with real-time offers and getting that on your mobile device. And you can really work at that from the consumer standpoint. But then what mobility brings to the table is if you're an employee, you're able to really get at the right information at the right time based on, like, cases or what's going on with that customer. If you're a customer, you're able to get it information that is relevant to you. So whether that is loyalty points or whether that is about getting in and out of the restaurant faster or getting in and out of the store faster by understanding a mobile coupon and then a mobile transaction, that's really where it is all about today is understanding where you're going to get your efficiencies and your effectiveness, whether you're an employee or whether you're trying to create applications for your customers. Thank you, Cheryl. I want to ask Blake McLaughlin to jump in now. Blake, you told me before the show mobile enterprise application adoption is slower than expected. What are you seeing from your vantage point as an associate partner at IBM GBS SAP practice? Is this pervasive? Is this just in certain industries? Or what's really happening, Blake? Wow, um, that's a tough question because I don't know if it's if it's in certain industries or not. Um, okay. I feel like... Um, Different clients that I'm, I've been engaged with are um, kind of uh, putting their feet in the water on certain applications. Uh, in some cases, they're, they're mobilizing their sales force or their field service, uh, but they may be taking that slow. In other cases, they're just trying to um, prepare to transition from providing web applications and, and making those, I guess, mobile-enabled for, uh, for employees to, to use those with, uh, with tablets. But their their approach to doing it seems to be very very slow, um, and so I just feel like um, this is just my perspective from all the clients I've I've worked with that uh, people so these organizations are just failing to kind of put a stake in the ground and say you know we're going to go ahead and go for this value proposition let's say it's around mobile sales or field service and uh, we're going to build this application uh, as quickly as we possibly can deploy it. Uh, on specific devices, make those really tough choices, but just move forward. And, and and that's what I've been seeing in the market is just this kind of inability. I feel like they're they're trying to find a path, the right path. And and you know, let's be honest, it's a relatively 
uh, immature uh, part mm-hmm. of uh, of IT, and uh, there isn't necessarily any right path. It's just a matter of trying to take advantage of the opportunity that sits in front of them. Thank you, Blake. Matthew Schwartz, also IBM. Do you see this as a fear factor on the part of these companies? Is it a question of, of corporate DNA saying, well, it sounds really good, but we can't justify it, or we don't know what the, the cost-benefit ratio will be, or it's kind of new, do we really have to dip our toe in? What do you think the fear is there? Or is it not fear, it's just slow development processes? Matthew? I think it comes down to people don't know what they don't know. Um, our okay. biggest challenge that we've seen in the market space is the lack of someone who owns mobile with an organization. So I can go to 20 different clients and walk into the executive boardroom and say, who owns mobile here? And either you're going to have no one raise their hand or you're going to have five or six people raise their hand. And the problem with that is a lot of these organizations lack a vision of how they're going to take advantage of the new technology like mobile. And without having a vision, they can't create an adequate strategy. And without that strategy, they can't operationalize it and turn it into a project. And so where we see the biggest challenge is they know there's a return on investment out there. They know the technology works. They just mm-hmm. don't know how to think outside the box and looking at their own organization today and how they're going to be able to deploy these devices rapidly and get that quick return on investment. So I think that's where the largest challenge lies is finding a single owner, and it doesn't have to be on the IT side. In fact, mm-hmm. we really encourage organizations to fix them on the line of business because we really want to use mobile to drive business outcomes. We're not doing technology for technology's sake. We're doing it to drive something for the business or the consumer. Thank you, Matthew. And Eric Lai, uh, you are in the trenches. I know you have a blog, an Uber mobile blog, and you came to the show with lots and lots of facts and examples. So would you like to give us an example where you see mobile moments being very, very successful, where uh, maybe perhaps in the education field or the restaurant field, you already gave us a great example of iPads deployed so customers can get food, order their food about to board the gate, which probably would be very, very good for Matthew Schwartz today. So Eric, uh, why, don't, why don't you give us that's a great example, Eric, from your, your vast uh, briefcase full of examples you came with. Yeah, so um, actually I'll correct you really quickly, Benny. I think uh, I'm not the one who's in the trenches. It's Blake and Matthew who are in the trenches, and they maybe that's, uh, you know gives them a di- slightly different, uh, maybe a little more pessimistic point of view than myself. You know, what Fair I do is I, I do a lot of reporting on w- what companies are deploying uh, mobility and, and tablets. And from my vantage, so I talk to companies, or I see companies after they've wrestled with these hard issues, the, you know, and thought, and gone through that um, soul searching, and they've gone ahead and deployed. So I, I maintain a list of the largest, 100 largest iPad deployments. And I see companies, I see organizations like Korea Telecom deploying 32,000 iPads, uh, San Diego Unified School District deploying 26,000 iPads, the U.S. Air Force deploying uh, a a combined total of over 25,000 iPads for various branches, and and also even SAP, you know, deploying 17,000 iPads. So mm-hmm. I see I see a lot of success stories, and you know, in field service, I, I see lots of companies. They field service is probably the lowest hanging fruit for where you're going to you're going to get your ROI. You're going to make your money back on deploying these uh, um, devices with the right applications because these your sales guys, your repair techs. Mobile is really, you know, they're out in the field and they're going to make money or they're going to, uh, they're going to be more efficient on repairing something or they're going to help uh, close the sale when they're armed with the right apps and the, and, uh, the right device. Thank you, and thanks for correcting me on that. So, Blake and Matthew, you're in the field, and, and Cheryl, you're an observer as well. Uh, who wants to jump in and talk about what Eric has observed? Do you agree? Uh, Bonnie, this is Blake. I'll see yes, if I can Blake. jump in real quick. So Please. I like to view myself as a realist, um, and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm realistic about it. There are a lot of organizations that are deploying the iPads, but what you will find out, though, is some of their initial enterprise applications tend to be email which are not the kinds of applications that that we would like to see. We would like to see them enriching their existing business processes and adding even more value than just being able to mobilize um, email on an iPad. And so um, that's some of the stuff that I've seen at, at clients um, like Eli Lilly. Now they're starting to move forward uh, on their program, um, but but initially it's, it's very much just uh, dipping their feet in water. It's true, but the one thing is, is that when you look past the email, is once they get past that email block and, and they move beyond it and start looking at what they're really trying to do from a business process, 
process standpoint. That's where the sales and the client service, like mobile CRM from an employee standpoint and a business standpoint, does come up as second place in there. But yep. the question is, what is the application that's going to empower that salesperson to actually use it? You know, are you really just taking your traditional um, business application and slamming it to the iPad or the iPhone, which is really not the right approach? And so that's what a lot of companies are grappling with. I Cheryl, see, what I see is the biggest challenge of, of deployment right now, especially in our SAP clients, that they might be doing a three-year global rollout. And so if you go to the line of business, let's say finance, maybe they're not in the global rollout for another two years. So up until this point in the technology world, they didn't have a lot of options to be able to speed up and be able to get a lot of the things that they needed to reach their business outcomes. Now with the with cloud, that's really the game changer that we see, is that by combining mobile with cloud and being able to deploy applications for critical business areas as a SaaS model anytime, you know, quickly, fast, cheap, and integrated into that infrastructure so that when they do go live with SAP for finance down the road, they have the choice of either continue to move forward with it in an OPEX standpoint and have that value or moving it towards a more capital expenditure willing into their infrastructure. Now that we have cloud and we have hosting and we have the applications, we've removed a lot of the barriers of a lot of the business uh, lines within organizations for moving forward with mobile beyond email. And I think that's fantastic. And I think you're going to start seeing a lot more rapid adoption of business-focused applications beyond email because of those developments. Absolutely. You realize our survey says cloud-based services, especially for mobile, are number one and number two of the top two technological priorities for this upcoming year. Okay, I want to talk about the process of defining mobile opportunities. We're talking about the cost benefits. And by the way, Eric, my comment, this is Bonnie, my comment to you is I hear a lot of money being spent on this. When you talk about 10,000, 25,000 iPads, we're not talking 15, 20 dollars a pop. We're talking about a major investment. So who is defining in these companies, be it an educational institution and which you talk about, restaurants, uh, companies where their business is out in the public, public eye, retail, consumer right there uh, at the gate, if you will, Matthew, where you're at the gate and you want to order a meal before you get on your plane. Uh, Who is defining the mobile opportunities that a company really, really, really wants to put their muscle and their money into? Who wants to take that? I'll take it. uh, That's worse than the line of business standing up. I think it's it's not always the CIO. I mean, it's not usually it's not the CIO. Unless it's a CIO who's very progressive and the type who's, you know, very engaged with the business side and is thinking about, you know, the, the, how to play better offense, you know, and how to, how to, you know, thinking about those ROI opportunities. Or it's got, to, maybe it's a CEO who's very engaged with the line of business. I think it's like the, like, for instance, the restauranteur, you know, the guy who is the CEO of that company is, um, you know, he found, he was a nightclub owner and then a restaurant owner. You know, he started with these small uh, institutions and now he's got, a big, big, big operation. And so, but he, you know, he stays close to that business, and he saw the opportunity there, and that's why he's able to be kind of a pioneer and visionary. Uh, I think other organizations which uh, are very sales oriented can see the opportunity with the field service, with, with the, you know, with arming their sales guys and making them present better and, um, you know, close better. And I think those kind of organizations now with schools. Um, you know, the, the schools, it's interesting, you know, they're, the principals usually are very close to, they, they understand, they usually are former teachers, they understand the potential uh, to make curriculum better. But there's also a, kind of a budgetary trick here where mm-hmm. the iPads uh, are being paid for out of the textbook budget because paying for textbooks every year is an enormous, enormous expense. And oftentimes, when, even if you buy a ton of iPads the first year, um, you're still going to have money left over if you take it out of the, the textbook budget. And so that's how a lot of schools have been going. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going ready to go to break, but I think I heard Matthew in the background. Matthew, you were talking when Eric was starting. Anything you want to add really fast before we go out? Yeah, we just we see it's, it really comes from the line of business. The best ideas come from the outside in, and we, you know, we typically see IT as almost an inhibitor. The CIO has a lot of concerns around security, and uh, how they're going to sustain and maintain the infrastructure for mobile. So a lot of times, without that push from the line of business to say that we really need this and we're willing to pay for it, a lot of the mobile application projects don't get kicked off. 
Okay, I'm ready to take a break, but first I have to read a tweet from Greg at SAP. Greg says, our kids will be proving their geekiness by saying, quote, I wrote my first iPad app at age 13. Thank you for that, Greg. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It's true. We're going to take our halfway break. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers. Great panel today. Good ideas. Coming back with a lot more about mobile opportunities, mobile moments. Is your company taking advantage of the right ones? Do you even know what they are? We're here to help you. We'll be right back. the boardroom to you voice america business network think you know sap think again sap customers produce more than 52 percent of the world's movies collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year and represent 80 percent of the companies on the dow jones sustainability index sap customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers courier over 50 percent of the world's packages and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day learn more at www.sap.com Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with game changers presented by sap if you have a question or comment for bonnie or her guests send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com you can also tweet your comments to pound sign sap radio during the show now back to in the cloud with game changers Yes, we are in the cloud, and I have four extraordinary game changers here with me today. And Matthew Schwartz, who's calling from the shower room at Delta JF. Matthew, that still makes the ranks of the most interesting guest location ever. I don't know. We've been doing the show, SAP Radio, for a year. I think you just took the award. So you have a beef with the word application, Matthew. Tell me what's on your mind, and then I'm going to make it a field day. Everybody can jump in and agree or whatever. Matthew Schwartz, what do you say about application? So, you know, 90 seconds here on why I hate the word application. Because people feel and hear the word app, they think it's fast, it's quick, it's cheap, and it's just going to fit right into their business. And what we've seen is mobility is not necessarily all those. And what we look at, when you really want to have a game changer, you want to talk about delivering a solution. So one of the things we're working on with a lot of oil and gas clients and chemical clients is you need a plant maintenance solution, not an application, because that solution is going to have more than one application in it. Perfect example is around plant uptime. What happens if your plant goes down? Well, you can't ship product. You lose millions of dollars a minute. Their business case is there. Now, within that solution, I might have a workflow app. So I see a piece of machinery. It's failing. I need to go replace it or repair it immediately, or there can be some catastrophic failure. People could get hurt. The company can lose millions of dollars. If I had just gone to that business and said, I'm going to sell you an app for workflow, they probably wouldn't have been that intrigued. But without that workflow app being part of a greater solution and without that plant operator being able to immediately request approval to do that repair replacement and get it fixed as soon as possible to prevent the plant going down, that's where the value comes. That's the game changer. So I really like to be able to work with clients and organizations to talk about what is the solution that we're going to deliver. Of course, it's going to take changes in processes and people, and it's going to take multiple apps combined into a complete solution to deliver the value for you. And that's where they have to understand that the out-of-the-box app might not fit their needs, and they might need to customize it specifically to work within their environment. Very interesting point. Go ahead, Cheryl. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was no, just I completely agree. And, and one thing that frustrates me, and I agree with the whole enterprise view, but it's also like, we're like, well, okay, the 13-year-old can create this app, or uh, there's an app for that today, it's in, especially mm-hmm. in the consumer world. And the question is, is do you really just want to be another app for that out there today, or do you want to deliver value to your customers? 
which means personalization, which means creating an app that actually adds value. And you just can't do that by outsourcing it to some teenager or some Indian organization that doesn't understand what your business process goals are all about. So the whole app, I've got an app for that, really has to go away. Okay, I have a question for you, Cheryl, and I want to veer the conversation toward the answer, and anybody can jump in after that. You say some, you're going to talk to me about some pros and cons of creating a mobile-friendly website versus mobile apps for customers, prospects, suppliers, etc. Can you define the difference between that mobile-friendly website and the apps? And you can, of course, reference what Matthew was saying about apps being, to me, it's a cog in the wheel of a bigger solution solution. Okay, go ahead, Cheryl. Well, where we were a couple of years ago, or even today, is a lot of companies are taking their websites and they're just mobilizing it. They're transcribing it. They're just thinking, okay, this is good enough. Um, And then they're thinking, okay, I'm going to go out and potentially create an app, again, as a single process, a single solution. And it comes back to what I said before is you really can't look at that way. Yes, it's okay to have a mobile website or the whole debate over the, the maturation of HTML5 is an ongoing battle. But the real crux of the problem, whether it's HTML5 or whether it's a mobile application, is what is the goals and objectives of that application? What is the business process that you're trying to solve? Are you trying to create a mobile application for shopping for your consumers that ties into loyalty? Or are you trying to, again, create a field service application that ties into a lot of back-end solutions that can't necessarily be tied to a mobile website? It has to be a complete application. So it really gets back to what it is that the user is trying to accomplish before you can even decide, is it mobile browsing an okay application, meaning a website or a mobile browse application, or do you need a native-based application that really takes into account some personalization, some native functionality on the device, and those are going to be different depending on what the goals and objectives are of what you're trying to accomplish. Again, it goes back to understanding what that strategic value is that you're providing. Right, the bigger picture, and sounds like a lot of planning is involved in foresight. Eric Lai, any examples of this? You want to chime in on this? Yeah, I, I think, well, Cheryl's example, uh, it reminds me of um, when people were first building websites in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. You, you saw a lot of brochures that just went straight up onto the web, you know, you, or, you know, pa- static page layouts, you know, basically PDFs almost that just mm-hmm. went straight up and became a website, and they were not dynamic or interactive. They, they lacked interactivity. So they, so they missed about a lot of opportunities there to, you know, create better engagement with the, the users. So with mobile, you, you're missing, you know, you don't want to just put up an interactive website. You want to um, take advantage of the things like uh, geolocation abilities, the, the real-timeness, the fact that your users may um, be out and doing something, and they may have a very particular objective. A, a consumer is out shopping, and they're near your store, and they, you know, that's an opportunity to, to you know, send them a coupon or, you know, to, to know where they are and, you know, uh, you know, they interact with them in a, in a way which is different than you would assume at, if the user is at his home just surfing the web on his desktop, you know. They, you take advantage of the, the opportunities. Otherwise, you're, 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 if you don't add value, you're, you're missing opportunities. So it sounds like you're talking about context or location relevance, lifestyle relevance, Eric. Am I right on that? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. All right. Uh, Blake, I'm sure you have something to say about this. What's the thought about the, the question of mobile websites versus an app that's part of a big solution that really, really targets what your customer is wanting and needing in their life that you can give them uniquely well? What do you think? Well, I'll see if I can talk about this. I used to do um, a lot of portal implementations, external-facing, internal-facing portal implementations, so I kind of live that life with clients um, a long time ago when they were trying to deploy things, uh, applications or functions on the uh, on the web, and, and we are in a similar time period with with the with mobile devices. But I think the um, with mobile devices, something that we need to keep in mind is uh, users are used to a certain level of um, user interface. And I think Eric, you're kind of alluding to this. They're they're looking for some intuitiveness with the with their applications or their full uh, full blown solutions that um, they don't get with their back end systems today and or maybe even the websites that are being uh, mobilized. Um, so that's a that's an aspect that's going to play in this and, and when you're defining or trying to identify what those mobile opportunities are um, 
to put on those devices is to make sure that when you're doing it, you're doing it in such a way that the the users is uh, is uh, the center of focus, and that you're making sure that that application or that that solution that you're building for them uh, is going to stick, and they're going to use that um, often, and not go back to the uh, the web application or the back end system. Thank you, Blake. Yeah. I have a question. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, this, yeah, I completely agree with Blake there. And, you know, the other opportunities, you know, you have to, and the things you need to think about with these mobile apps are, you know, the, the UI is very crucial on a, on a mobile device, right, because you have, you have limitations. You have opportunities with touch, and you have limitations uh, around the size of the screen and uh, how much data you can just, you want to give someone. You, know, you really, really, really need to rethink the user experience and really heavily edit or curate what you want to give them. Um, yeah, as opposed to, you know, just a straight website. I have Bonnie, a question. Here? Matthew, I was just going to ask you to add something about mobile app maintenance as the next frontier for the enterprise. So well, say what you were going to say and then... then in, it, it exactly. to what you guys just said, which is... That's what I, I thought. It's, it's hard for organizations to realize the answer is all of the above. If I go to a large multinational consumer products company, let's use Coca-Cola, I'm going to have mobile web apps. I'm going to have native apps. Yeah. I'm going to have hybrid apps. I'm going to have some of these are hosted in the cloud. Some of them are on-premise. I might have Cyclo uh, you know, in my distribution centers. So, again, it comes back to who owns mobile because you're going to have flavors of all of them within these large organizations. And then you're going to have to have organizations set up to maintain these applications because, as we've all learned, these change all the time. It's not like we just create it once and leave it out there. You know, here I am with uh, Delta. The Delta app that I used to check in for my flight today has changed multiple times. But again, like Eric said and what Blake said, it's got to be sticky. So regardless of whether it's native, hybrid, or mobile, it's got to be sticky. It's got to be intuitive. i got to use it, and it's got to make my life easier. And then someone's going to have to maintain it and continuously improve it as you move forward. And because it's more than one technology and more than one infrastructure, you're going to have to build some sort of organization, whether a center of excellence, or you're going to have to come with a partner strategy that's going to give you that sort of you know, application managed services for, for, you know, a long duration to ensure that what you've built is used and maintained. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about how you know what you need to do to maintain, to grow, to tweak, to maybe get rid of an app, maybe replace it with something. Is this all coming from the social world, social business, from the feedback you're getting from your customers, from your followers, from your own people who might be using your apps on, on BYD, bring your own device, which has expanded your audience, really, and your users. So uh, who wants to take that? How do, how do you know when it's time to tweak add, subtract an app, or just maintain it, clean it up a little bit. Who knows that in the organization? Bonnie, this is Blake. Let me see if I can take that and maybe go back a step. Sure. My my perspective is if if we do have somebody that owns mobile in the business and we're working on a very um, uh, holistic strategy for mobile, we should be identifying different solutions that all each have a business case and have their own individual roadmap. So there should be, very similar to how software is developed, in, or shouldn't even say software, but ERP systems or any other type of systems that are deployed, there is a roadmap for how that's going to be enhanced through its life. So I think there's that needs to be in place first and mm-hmm. foremost so you know that you've got this um, – uh, kind of rollout strategy for your solutions that are going to go mobile, um, and then I think after that, then what you're what you're implementing are solutions to monitor the usage um, of your applications and the feedback that you're receiving from the consumers of your applications or your solutions on the mobile devices, and then using that information to tweak accordingly. Thank you. I, I agree with the way of looking at it strategically. and But the problem is is that a lot of organizations today aren't thinking that way. So they're really nope. thinking very point solution, very opportunistically. And so they do need to take that step back and think about it architecturally um, so that they can make those changes very quickly and then and respond. Because it can look great on paper, but if they can't deliver a quick change, then it doesn't matter how well that paper is articulated if they can't execute on it. 
Well put. And I want to read a couple of tweets before we go out to break here. David Slavinsky, thank you for tweeting and for helping us get our great guest today. David says, I go look for an app before looking for a website. And Josh Greenbaum, who has been a guest on the show, agrees and says, I do the same, but mostly because most mobile browsers are substandard. I'm going to leave it there. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. This is Bonnie D. Graham with a very, very interesting panel. Lots of POVs, lots of great information. We're coming back with the Crystal Ball segment. I'm going to ask my esteemed guests to look deep into the crystal ball, polish it off, ladies and gentlemen, while we're on break, and tell me what will mobile moments look like in five years or whenever, as far as you can see. We'll be right back with our final segment on In the Cloud with Game Changers. Justin, out. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Before we go to Crystal Ball, David just tweeted that for gathering, simply gathering news, he uses five to seven different apps. Woohoo. Okay. Cheryl Kingstone, you're up first. Crystal Ball time. Can you look five years ahead for me, Cheryl, and tell me what mobile moments will look like in 2017, please? Well, hopefully mobile moments will be much more strategic and less point solution, and they'll be much more widely adopted. There's a huge opportunity out there. There's, you know, even in the consumer space alone, not even taking into account the enterprise space, there's $1 trillion up for grabs, but it's all about the user experiences. So businesses will, by 2015, 17, where we're trying to go, differentiate their experience by understanding their ability to harness the power of mobile and social and cloud to their best advantage, and, and right now we're really just in the infancy, but once we start really using this all together, that's where we'll start really seeing success take place. Thank you very much, and now let's turn to Blake McLaughlin, IBM. Blake, what do you see looking ahead? Can you predict five years, or what's your time frame? Well, I'll go ahead and try five years. I, I honestly okay. believe that we're going to see shifts in certain sectors and people grabbing uh, market share and some losing market share existing leaders today that are slow moving to adopt mobile uh, and not actually reaping the benefits from from mobilizing solutions. And uh, so we may see some real shuffling uh, within the different sectors and industries and who the leaders are. And I think the leaders are going to be, the new leaders five years from now, are going to be the ones that really embrace and uh, get the value from mobilizing their solutions. Thank you. Matthew calling from Matthew Schwartz. I can't get over this. JFK, Delta, Sky Lounge, the shower. I hope you're not getting all wet today, Matthew. What do you see in the crystal ball? Your crystal ball must be really clean, Matthew. Is it, is it a clear view? It's a clear view, and it's pretty simple. With the in-memory technology out there with cloud, with mobile and analytics, predictive analytics combined, with the power to make real-time decisions with social media feedback, instant, you know, instant data access, in the palm of your hand, I really see most organizations, the ones that are going to be successful in the next five years, are going to design for mobile first. 
So no more designing for the back-end system. You can design it how you want to do your business because the tools and the technology will be there. But the powerful more tablets are going to come along. You're not going to see new hires get laptops anymore. They're going to be given a tablet. And I think the technology is there. People just need to embrace it because within five years, social media and, the, and that line between who's your enterprise, who's your customer, who's your channel partner, who's your consumer is going to be very blurred. It's just going to be real-time access to information in the palm of your hand with a tablet or a smartphone, and the days of going onto a browser and using a laptop are going to be gone, and we can already see that tablets are outselling PCs today, and the technology will be there within five years. And it's, it's the companies who are going to embrace that are going to grow exponentially, and the laggards are really going to be in trouble. Matthew, is that a message to entrepreneurs who are listening to the show? And I know we have a lot of them listening on the business channel. When they're planning their business strategy, when they're planning their ramp up and getting their VCs and their their angel investors, should they be saying, mm, 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 no PCs, we're going for tablets for everybody in the company, we're going to do it right from the get-go? Is that a good way to start or premature, Matthew? Well, again, the tablet's just pushing forth that information that's going on the back end. But to make mm-hmm. sure that the access to that information, the way in which it's displayed to your employees to make them, uh, to allow them to make critical business decisions, to show how quickly the time to value is to deploying new solutions to help them grow their business, that's what the VCs are going to want to see. That's what's going to make an entrepreneurial idea, you know, have a very big valuation when it's seen to be taking advantage of the technology that's out there. Great advice. Thank you. Eric Lai, last but not least, what's your prediction, Eric, and how far out can you look for us, please? So I'm going to um, kind of echo what, um, what Matthew said, and I, I believe that tablets will be uh, as mainstream as smartphones and laptops are today. But moreover, uh, laptop, you're, what you're going to see is tablets. You're, there's going to be a diversity of tablets. The tablet market is not, I don't believe, is going to collapse onto just one brand, like like the way you had Windows dominate for so long. You know, a lot of people, have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially people in IT, are really hoping that Windows 8 will be the thing that kind of kills bring-your-own-device and um, unifies it so you have a one single platform again for IT to manage throughout a huge company. And I, I think that's unrealistic. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're, you know, the iPad and Amazon today introduced uh, some tasty new Kindles. You know, I, I think you're just going to see that divert. There will be probably at least three platforms that IT and enterprises will need to plan for and create apps for, and that's both internally and externally. So, you know, we're not going back to the, the, the days of uh, the PCs and Windows dominance in the 90s. We're not going backwards. Thank you very much. We have a little extra time before I do my predictions, which are simply what's coming up on our two radio shows in the next two weeks. I'm going to go back to the panel with a bonus question. Cheryl Kingstone, 30 seconds. Who are the people who will be the leaders leading the charge for these mobile moments in the next five years? Will they be people in the companies right now or people coming out of out of MBA school, people coming out of in the trenches, figuring it out, uh, social mobile people, the consumers? Will they be going in and helping companies figure out what to do? Who will, who will be the DNA of those real game changers for mobile moments in 2017, Cheryl? Oh, that's tough. But the, internally in an organization, the real game changers, the real DNA change will come, and we've been talking about this, when the generation that's been growing up on it is actually in the workforce. They're demanding it yes. now from their consumer devices. They're going to demand it from their employees. So that will force the company as a whole to change the employee set. So... Yes, there will be some changes there. Who's going to drive it forward? That's going to be the leadership of that time. And and only in five years, that's still going to be you and I and us trying to change our colleagues right now to understand and embrace the the future. Um, But the future will get here soon, and we'll have to adjust. And yeah, Good point. Thank you. Blake, 20 seconds. Can you answer the same question? I, I kind of agree. I think it's people that it's in this generation, the ones that are right now just starting the first past two years um, and, and maybe a little bit further back that think mobile first. And that's how they interact with their systems, their information. And um, once they learn the business and uh, learn business functions, they'll think of ways to innovate and uh, and change the game in their organizations. Thank you, Blake. Matthew Schwartz, you're up. 20, 30 seconds. Go. Well, I'm an ERP dinosaur. 
20 years in, uh, you know, the old school ways. So it's not me. But I think it's people like me who are willing to embrace the new ideas and the innovation coming from the kids graduating college now and even the folks in high school who are really in the trenches and driving consumer behavior. That's where it's going to come. So the, the people, the young kids are going to drive the innovation, but it's finding leaders who are managing at the speed of change and are willing to accept the change and embrace and really move forward with these new ideas. Terrific. Thank you, Eric Line. Last but not least, again, what do you see, the DNA? I'll give you 30 seconds here. Yeah, I, I'm with Matt on this. I mean, you know, he and I maybe, um, we're, we're, I don't see it as a generational thing. It's, it's a mm-hmm. mindset thing, and I, I think the, who's going to lead the change, who are going to be the game changers, you're going to see an emergence of organizations like a center of excellence, a mobile center of excellence, or a, even a chief mobility officer who's going to be leading those, these mobility initiatives. And, you know, they can either be within IT or, uh, or not, you know, and I think, but it's great if they're in IT because that, well, they'll sort of co-opt, you know, IT, which is right now very PC-centric and a little bit resistant. Uh, but these, are the, that, that's going to be the, the sector, the part of the company that really leads the change, I think. Thank you very much. I want to thank my esteemed guests. I'm going to do my predictions, which are easy. I've got them right here in front of me. Let's see now. In the Glab with Game Changers next Thursday, September 13th. Where is the month going? We're going to be talking about Cool BI. That's business intelligence, emerging trends in the cloud. That's going to be a hot show. September 20th, we're going to be talking about pricing models in the cloud, public, private, and hybrid. And don't forget about our our anchor show, our startup show, Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, where I am. Next Wednesday, September 12th, we're revisiting the topic, Manufacturing, Factory of the Future, Ready, Set, Now, Part 2, How Will Mobility Change, What's Happening on the Factory Floor, and the Relationship Between Management and the Workers. September 19th, we'll be talking about building a social community and social leadership strategy. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg Chase, David Slavensky, Brad Smith, the Business Channel team, and a special thank you to my very special guests, Cheryl Kingstone, Blake McLaughlin, Matthew Schwartz, Eric Lai. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for SAP Radio. Go out and be a game changer for your company today. What are you waiting for? Have a great one. We'll see you next Wednesday here on the Business Channel, SAP Radio. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.